What's going on, guys? Welcome back to No Reserves Radio, the football edition. I'm here with always. That was terrible English. That's as bad as English as you, Alex. Wow. Hey, Alex. You know, I'm keeping that in. How's it going, Alex? I can't English today. Yeah, how's it going, guys? I mean, it's pretty tough to beat like this broken English that I have, this broken European, like Portuguese English that I have. But you sure managed to get it there. Yeah. Give you a run for your money. <laughs> Jeez. So, um, we will be, the basketball will be hitting Sunday. It seems like everyone is good. with And with the news that Dame got traded, I'm sure that's going to be a good episode. But we are here to talk about football. So, if I'm not mistaken, we went one and one in the fo- Monday night games. Am I correct? Yes, I got the Eagles game right, and you got the Cincinnati game right. I'm actually really shocked about getting the Cincinnati game right. <laughs> that pushes the the overall records to twenty five twenty three for me, and to twenty nine nineteen for you. Perfect. So, is there anything you want to? Well, there's a few things we could talk about the game that are fantasy relevant. Let's let's start with the Eagles and the Bucks. Obviously, I was wrong about the Bucks clearing and the Bucks offense looked putrid. But to be honest, the Eagles make a lot of teams look bad, so I'm not sure how concerned I really am. And even then, Mike Evans still got touchdowns. So if you had Mike Evans, you were fine. And you you almost had the second one as well. Great play, great play by Sidney Brown, the rookie DB that the Eagles have. But yeah, I mean coming out game for AJ Brown it's like the first really big game that he has had this season nine catches 131 yards no touchdown still but yeah his best game this season uh Devonte kind of a, of a small stinger here Goddard I mean Goddard should have had a, a pretty good a pretty good like week from all of his targets I mean there were a few catches that were called back for penalties I mean didn't have a bad day. I mean, had five catches for 41 yards for a t- tight end. That's probably top 10. Uh, but yeah, should have had a much bigger day. Yeah, for sure. Um, what did you make of the backfield of the Eagles? Because it seems like it almost feels like... Um... I don't know. It almost feels like... When they were like, oh, and Swift will have his games, and Gainwell will have his games. It feels like that's kind of a lie, and they're just they're just running this on the seat of their pants and just giving it to whoever's working at the time. Yeah, I think, I think this backfield will be much more of a split that people want to admit. I mean, yeah. he... The, the snaps were, I mean, Swift at 54, sna- 54% of the snaps, Gainwell at 46% of the snaps, touches pretty much that even, Swift at 17, Gainwell at 15. Swift produced more with his touches, uh, but, the, I mean, there were some points in the game there where, like, 
Gainwell would start the whole drive, then he failed to convert, for example, a a second and short, and they would switch the running back. I really think it's basically hot hand approach here. And I still think Gainwell is probably a nice hold, even with like a sort of down game. Because, I mean, it's almost dead even in everything from um, between them. Swift is producing more, but I also feel like when Swift is playing, I mean... It might just be one of those. I am Team Gainwell, so might just be my bias against Swift. But it does seem like whenever he runs with the ball, there's like clear gaping holes there that the the line is pushing. And I think Gainwell isn't running like in the same situations. He isn't getting those type of touches. Uh, so he's getting in more more like touches where it's predictive that they will run the ball. So that's probably something that will affect it. But I. Uh, I don't think any of those guys will be... If you can sell them, it's probably what I would do. I would try and sell them after a big game. So I would sell, sell Swift right now, and I would sell Ken, Kenny after he has a big game. Interesting approach. I mean, I it's a 50-50 like, backfield. So I kind of like the production I'm, you're getting from Swift, but, you know, at the end of the day, it's the Eagles... They have Jalen Hurts there, and they're just going to be going to whoever's hot at the time. So, And, I mean, the, the touchdown upside is always capped because inside of the five, if you know that the, the touch push or whatever it's called, yeah, <laughs> yeah the, you know that, that it's coming. So, And it happened, uh, not in this game, but in the game prior. The, Swift was tackled a few times short of the, the goal line. And like short situations, you know that it was beginning well and it uh, hurts. And he had like two or three touchdowns with that play. So the upside is always capped. Yeah, for sure. For the, the Tampa Bay offense, though, White keeps taking all of the touches, but he still isn't doing much with them. So he looks so bad. Like this, this is again the problem with the preaching that because he was in the dead zone he was in that running back dead zone yeah so it just it feels like if you're conflicted on whether or not a running back is good like if your running back is gonna get made or you projected your running back to get major productivity but you're questioning how good they're gonna be as a fantasy asset just skip it just skip it, dude. If you're questioning, because the logical conclusion to that is, if you're questioning how much production they're going to get with supreme opportunity, that probably means they're not that talented to begin with as far as NFL standards go. And you're going to get hurt more than not. I mean, you're experiencing that with Justin Fields right now. Yeah. I mean, still on white, though. I mean, he's top 10 in quite a few important categories right now. And advanced said, I mean, he's top 10 in running back props run. He's top 10 in, like, snaps. I mean, he's one of only eight running backs who have played 140-plus snaps. And he's also he also has 100% of the goal line work so far. So, I mean, that's encouraging, but he's not doing much with it. And he's not really looking that efficient. And he'll, he looks really slow right now, to be honest. So, yeah, I mean, I have him in a few leagues. I'm expecting another boom game in the meanwhile and when it happens i would sell him immediately 
because like they use the usage is there, but I don't think the team and the talent is there to be honest. Right, and that's it's a it's a whole picture thing. It's not just one thing. Yeah. I mean the mm-hmm. other the other Monday night football game though. <laughs> Your guys managed to win it. I didn't like I uh, honestly like I I'm sure Joe Burrow and no one from the Cincinnati Brass is watching this just about yet. But if by any chance you are, Joe, like bro, let's have a heart to heart. Okay? Because you don't have to prove anything to anyone, my my dude. Like, you took the Cincinnati Bengals to a Super Bowl berth. Even if you didn't get the job done, you took us to a place I've never seen us before. You're now the highest paid quarterback in the NFL. You have nothing to prove to anybody. And you need to protect yourself and you need to accept the responsibility that comes with that. No one would have been mad if we lost, even if the season's over. No one would have been mad, and no one would have really, and, and if they would have, they would have been dead wrong. Blame you for that. Because the overall long-term health of Joe Burrow is more important than us winning that Sunday night game. And you could tell in the game planning that Joe wasn't 100%. He took absolutely no risks. The game plan, and I don't even know, why the hell were we passing it 40 times? And every single pass was just take a three-step drop, make a, make a, a short pass, and if not, just throw it out. Like, why, 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 was, why did we even put him out there? We paid him, how much did we pay him? $275 million? Yes. <laughs> why, are we, why are we putting him out there? To get hurt, I don't want. I prior to, to popular belief, I don't want another situation like Andrew Luck to happen. I don't want these quarterbacks to get knocked out for extended periods of time. Like, if you need to sit out four weeks, sit out four weeks, bro. It's okay. Yeah, I mean, forty-nine <laughs> attempts with a injured calf. It's probably not the best thing to do with your $275 million player. Why? I don't get get it. The season is still alive, technically. But is it? I mean, it's better. How long until Joe's 100%? And if Joe gets knocked out and aggravates that injury worse, then is the season's over anyway. So it what are we doing? You are basically just doing what Jamar Chase owners in fantasy need you to do, so I mean at least Jamar got all those touches, but jeez. Have a day, Jamar. Twelve catches, one hundred and forty one yards. Didn't he have something like fifteen targets? Yeah, fifteen targets on the dot. Chase with the big big game. Almost won you the week, as we have discussed. I couldn't believe that. I didn't even look at that. I honestly went to bed assuming that was a lost cause because I had lost, like, what was it, 27 straight. And when you lose that many games in a row, you just 
the that like hope that you're gonna win a given week is just gone it's just like i'll wake up i don't i don't even check it anymore i just assume i lose and then i go on i don't even know how the last time i set the lineup i think it was in the off season and then i was like okay this is good enough and like i believe i mean i'm not sure but we have done what's on sleeper alone we have done two seasons so the 2021 and the 2022 season you didn't win a single game and i believe you started tanking in 2020 because that's the COVID year and you barely played and you have already started the rebuild. So there's that's three seasons without a single game and we play, I believe it's 13 games of regular season. So yeah, <laughs> that's three seasons and now three weeks in which you haven't won a single game. So that's that's over 30 games. That's over 40 games, isn't it? That you have lost in a row. I believe I'm on 29. Oh, is it? Really? 29? Yeah. Yeah. Huh. I, I can check it on the on the PC because I mean it's it's sleeper thing. I don't know how I can see like the because league history. Mistaken, when we went into sleeper, I had won my game and then I like sold everything. Oh you had won it? Oh okay. I yeah, I have one win in my history. Hold on, let's see. Let's see. Oh yeah, you league. won a game last year, yeah. Last year? No, 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 not last year. When we first went over to Sleeper. No, no, there's a game here. You won it last year. You went I one and thirteen. Yeah, you won. You went one and thirteen, and I, I would wow. guess it's versus. It's versus bloody, isn't it? Because I'm pretty okay. sure. I am one in thirty. Yeah. I am one in thirty. <laughs> one in thirty. <laughs> yeah, I mean. One in thirty. For those who don't know, he has been basically rebuilding for what? You have been rebuilding since 2020 or 2021? I. The first draft I had a high pick in was the ETN draft, so 2021. Yeah. So you have been rebuilding for 2021, 2022, 2023. You're probably about almost done by 2024, I guess. You don't I need could a... win. If, let's let's call this. Let's say I lose the rest of this season, which is a possibility. I could win every game and the championship the following season, and I won't even be close to five hundred. And I do think you actually have a chance to win two games here because you do play Justin, and you also play Gibby, which is Cameron in real life, isn't it? Yes. That's yeah. Right. Okay. So you have a chance because you play versus those two. So I have two chances to win this season. Yeah. And there's also like the random like upsets that happen. Has it almost happened last last week? I guess that's true. Oh, that's gonna be rough. When you start you finally have to start winning again. I know that's gonna Well, I don't know about that. I am really, really close to fielding a like starting lineup. And that that's a weird feeling. And you're really, really be. close. And this week you might oh, have yeah. you might have a QB. What Do Case you... Keenum is starting? No, Case Case no, no, not Case Keenum. I don't okay, Case Keenum is with the, the Houston Texans, I didn't even know. But Brian Hoyer. Yeah. 
I believe Garoppolo is still in the concussion protocol. Mm-hmm. So you might have a QB. Oh, that that, that would be huge. But, but no, what? I think I'm what? I'm a running back away. Yeah, pretty much. A running back and a, maybe another flex away and a quarterback, of course, from having just a full starting roster. So, I mean, yeah. it's coming close to the end. It is, it is. And you also have, like, a few guys on the bench that might see some playing time. You know, I have Kenyon Drake, who might see some playing time. But, you know, and, but that, and that was kind of the goal when I started this, because your team was so oppressive that I was just like, okay, well, if I need to, like, slowly do this so I can have a chance and... You know, like you just said, I almost have a starting lineup and I have uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten first round picks in the next three drafts. So. And as we discussed yesterday, it's funny that like, your whole argument has always been that basically in this league, you can't give Alex any sort of like major pieces, especially if they're rookies and so on, rookie draft picks, no. super well, high. False. That, and is, then... that, is, that is categorically false. My entire thing is we cannot give Alex the access to the 101, and that's where I may have failed. I may, may have, have failed, failed in that. I may have <laughs> failed in that because I assumed that – because, once again, once you lose so much, you don't, like, see, like, when you're at the end of the <laughs> Like when you when you lose thirty games over the course of three seasons, I guess you don't assume you can get beyond the one hundred and one. And now that I'm seeing it, I'm like, oh crap! 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 Yeah, because like for like we weren't doing the podcast back then, but in the off season, um, I made a trade with Angelo in which I sent him Jamar Chase and my twenty twenty five first. And he sent me back Chris Olave, Christian Watson, a 2024 first, and a 2024 second. And then there were some third in there that don't really matter. But yeah, that 2024 first is now roughly 60 like optimal points for away from being the 101. And I mean, if he trades Mahomes, I think it's over, man. I think I might have the it 101. Might be over. It might be over. I'm looking at my roster and I'm like, crap, Brees Hall. And Brees Hall isn't 100%. And I'm just like, oh, no, Brees Hall is going to get to 100%, isn't he? And then it's going to be over. I got Jamar. George Pickens has been like a sneaky good wide receiver this year. I got him. It's basically like those those big like yardage plays. And it's, it's like it's not being super consistent. Overall, without those big yardage plays, but he's getting those yard, big yardage plays sort of consistently. So and Romeo he's been Dobbs a, is getting a lot of touchdowns. Like I'm yeah, sick. yeah. And I mean, if you look at his roster, I'm not sure if you've seen it recently, but I mean, the dude has like three like tradable assets right now. Patrick Mahomes, Najee. Oh no, Najee. Dalvin Cook. Oh. No. Oh, Stefan Diggs. He's starting a Giants wide receiver. Oh, he's starting much worse than that. He's starting the Bills running back too. Latavius Murray. 
And it's like, it's not like he isn't even starting his best lineup. That's probably his best lineup right now. So, yeah, I mean, if he moves off of Mahomes... He has no picks in the next draft. No picks in the next draft. And if he moves Mahomes... I might have the 101 locked in. This this roster isn't winning any games, and it's not making really any sort of major points. If he he moves Stefan, he has no way. He has no way of like beating me for the one hundred. Like, no way of losing to me for the one hundred one. Yeah, him or Diggs. If he moves either, yeah, because pretty much, pretty much, it's Mahomes canceling out Chase most weeks, and then, God, oh, this could get tricky, especially if Brees Hall. Because the if Brees Hall gets a hundred percent, it has yep. the added yep. benefit to you of taking away from down. To exactly. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, no. You might have given me the one hundred one in that trade. I might have. You for sure yeah, give me a top three pick. I mean, that's guaranteed yeah, almost no, that's, at this point. Yeah. Well, that that could get sketchy. Whew. Yeah. I might. Uh, I don't know. We'll see when we get to the draft process, but if I actually lose out on the 101 for the first time in, like, three seasons, I guess this would be the fourth season, like, I don't know, I might trade You might what? I I think you you cut off that. I might trade down again. (laughs) (laughs) Keep it going. Keep it going. I mean, yeah, at this point, I'm really liking my hearts, to be honest. Because <sighs> his points are terrible right now. And, like, the other guy was pretty close to you, too. It's Cameron. And Cameron is getting cut back soon, I would expect. Soon? I thought Cup was, like, closer to the end of the year. I mean, I'm not sure. That's the thing with Cup, because, like, he was place on short-term IR, so it technically can be back after week four, if not mistaken. But I haven't really seen anything that suggests to me that he will, because, like, there's no tweets talking about how how great he looks or anything like that. It's just, like, it's been mostly quiet. But he also gets Kamara now. Kamara is back from suspension this week. So, yeah, I mean, it's between you two. I just look at the points for, and I cannot believe how much closer I am to everyone else. Yeah, you are pretty close right now. <laughs> like, <laughs> for those who are not seeing what we are seeing, is like, is 50 points shy of the second worst team, and like, nearly, <laughs> like, half the amount of points that I have right now. But it, I mean, for a situation, this is pretty close because it has been a rough patch for him. At this point, you have, like, in previous years, you had probably, like, what, 90 points? 80 points, if anything? What, a week? I had 60 points a week. No, no, I'm saying, like, at this stage oh, last at year. This stage? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you had, like, 60, probably. 60 to 70 because you were averaging, like, 20-something points a week. Mm-hmm. So... Big improvement. 
huge improvements. Yeah. That's rough. That is rough. Okay, but moving oh. on. Oh, okay. Yeah. You had another thing um, to say. Quentin Johnston. You got Quentin Johnston wheels up for this week? Uh, Quentin Johnston, his wheels are definitely down for me. That plane wheels. isn't taking here. I don't think I even put a bid in for him in any single league that I'm in. You didn't even put a bid in in any league. Nope. That's how like <laughs> passionate I am about like Quentin not being a thing. I put up a few bids on Palmer though. Didn't that. get him anywhere. I believe. Yeah, to me, I mean Maybe he surprises me and does actually like something, but I, I don't expect it to, to be honest. You don't expect it? No, I think this will still be like the Keenan Allen show and the uh, Joshua Palmer show. And then oh, Eckler will be back, so it will have like yeah. 500 targets at this point. I was to say, Eckler usually has some kind of monster game when one of those guys goes down, so... Yeah, it's just basically wide receiver two at that point. Yeah, pretty much. Not wrong. Amara is returning this week. Amara? We've talked about it oh, before, yeah. That's yeah. Right. I'm like immediately starting him. I don't think there's any problem with that. Exactly. I'm starting him in our redraft league. You, you can you can say whatever you want to say about Derek Carr. And the Saints offense being, but you have no problem starting Kamara because you know, you know, the offense can support him generally. I mean, if Carr, Carr isn't playing though. Oh, he's, he's for sure not playing. I, I think from all I've seen so far, I think the team is planning to go with Jameis this week. So <laughs> like he's getting all of the like practices with the ones is getting all of the the media stuff that should go to the qb1 i mean i think they are preparing for him to be the one and to be without their car this week so i still think there's not really a major issue with kamara i still think he will get target of course like we always have this thing about like james doesn't target the run the running backs in this point uh, like as much as we need them to, but I think it's just one of those things where like Breeze true to Kamara so much that like anything short of Breeze is considered like not throwing to the running back. Right. Which yeah, I think like he will totally be fine. He won't have like ten targets or anything like that. But I think he will have four or five, and that's that along with the running game that he will have because it's probably him and Kendra Miller this week. I don't think Tony Jones will be any sort of impact. So those two combined, I think Kamara will be fine and is a must-start this week. Depending on the leagues, of course. Yes. But I'm starting him in the in the redraft that we have. That makes sense. So, here's a question. What team surprises you the most from a fantasy aspect either in a good way or a bad way as far as their players performing there's a few ways that i can answer that question so uh, first i'm gonna say miami really miami 
Yes, but because it's not because I didn't expect their pieces to to be good. It's because I didn't expect like to be as good and to be as many pieces producing right now. Because like I expected Hill and Waddle to be good. I expected Hill to be a top five wide receiver. I expected Waddle to have games in which he would be a wide receiver one, but be like mostly wide receiver two for most of the seasons. Just have those boom boom weeks. Then I expected Mostert or whoever the running back was to have like good to okay weeks, but it would be mostly unpredictable who the, the top guy would be. So not a backfield that you want to run a target. And at this point, like everyone in that team is producing. Like Chosen Anderson is producing right now because he gets like the games are over before the third quarter, so he gets the, the garbage time stuff. I mean I expected them to be good. I just didn't expect them to be this good and the offense to produce as much as they've been. So they surprised me in that sense. Uh, Are you just saying like surprising on the positive end or the negative end as well? It can be either way because I'm not going to lie. The Bears have been abysmal for me. Okay, yeah, I'll say the Bears. I didn't expect much from them, but I still I expected more. So I'm just disappointed because more than like, what you got. <laughs> I expected more than zero. I didn't expect them to be like great. <laughs> and they are clearly not. I expected more from Baltimore though. You expect more from Baltimore? Yeah, I expected. I did, see, uh, once again, what came back to my projections. I did not. I had very clear like and I was right on some well, I was actually right on both cases. I targeted the Packers' offense, and I targeted Miami's offense. And I did it in multiple leagues. So I'm actually doing really well in most of my leagues. And, of course, the Bengals' offense. That's actually the team that has disappointed me the most, is the Bengals' offense. But I don't know. Can you really blame that on, like... I I guess you could, because Burrow got hurt in the preseason. So maybe you could have seen it coming. But I think that's mostly because of a Burrow injury... Uh, not like the Bengals' offense regressed, if that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, and yeah, the the Ravens. I've talked about it in the offseason. I expected them to be a high power offense. They are clearly not. They are Zay still. Are good, yeah, Zay Flowers. I mean, he has a ton of good things going for him right now. Plus, Bateman is now injured again. I believe he picked up an injury yesterday with an hamstring injury, and Odell is still probably doubtful at this point to play with an ankle injury that kept him out last week. Mm-hmm. But I would say an offense that is really surprising me that I didn't expect nearly as much as, I, as I'm as i getting right now, it's the Texans. You didn't see it coming. I didn't see, see it coming. coming. <laughs> Did I anyone expect them to have like two top 20 wide receivers right now for fantasy oh, football? Yeah. I told, because... I, you guys, see, here's what I don't understand. And maybe this is just Ohio being from Ohio and biased towards CJ Stroud. I did not believe CJ Stroud would would it was nearly as bad as people said he was coming out of college. He was the most accurate quarterback at, I've ever seen at OSU. And I get the Texans team is overall is bad. But if there's one like person 
who can take a bad situation and just make it at least feasible, it's an accurate quarterback. Because even if the guys aren't getting open, he can still make the right decisions. And they're, and they're giving him like 40 attempts a game. So they're, they're literally just saying, okay, yeah, this is all bad. See what you can do. And he's doing a lot of good stuff. Yeah, I mean, my issues with Stroud out of college, I thought he was the best out of the recent OSU QBs. I thought he, he looked better than Fields. I thought he looked better than Askins. Yes. But I still had concerns because, like, most of that offense was pitch and catch. So, I mean, the first read is always open for them, so you don't really need to, to read the field as much. That's what I saw in his tape. It was basically, like, snap, one, two, three, drop, sling it to the to the first I mean, read, here's, and here's, the guy would just be open. Here's where I think your process is flawed, and where a lot of people's process is flawed, is it's really hard to gauge a quarterback from OSU because OSU is so good at recruiting wide receivers that it really doesn't matter what your what your skill set or deficiencies are you're going to get a spotlight b stats and c usually draft capital just by being an OSU quarterback throwing to people like Chris Olave, Garrett Wilson, Jackson Smith and Jigma you know so I guess I I think I think the hate is too warranted. I think, but I also believe that like being able to evaluate an OSU quarterback is a hard task. But anyway, go on with what you're saying. Sorry. Yeah, I mean that's part of the point here. It's because like when you're throwing in college to that type of guys, those those type of wide receivers, and you're playing versus the competition that he is, I mean it becomes really hard when then you have to adjust to an NFL reality when you go from like. Jackson Smith and Jigba and all of those guys that were there at OSU. And then you have to throw to Tank Dell and Nico Collins and Robert Woods versus like actual NFL defenses. So I were I had some concerns about how that would translate to his game in the in the pros. And the other thing was that he he was really bad and he was one of the worst QBs, I believe, uh when pressured. And then you go from like an offensive line at OSU who I mean Last year, I believe they struggled a bit. They still weren't, like, bad, but they weren't as perfect as previous years. And, I mean, then you go from that O-line to a Houston Texans O-line that ranked, like, bottom, what, six last year in PFF rankings. So, I mean, you go from all of that. You go for basically, like, from the riches to the to the poorest of poors. So, I had some concerns there how, how his game would translate there. But, I mean... So far, I've said last last fantasy episode that he didn't look great to me. He just looked okay, and he wasn't really doing mistakes that I saw in his tape from college. Last week, I think he did even better. So it's probably one of those guys that keeps on developing better and better and better and better. And at this point, I mean, he's giving Richardson a run for his money. And I would say that he's probably like the best QB right now because the best rookie QB right now because Richardson missed like most of the week two game and he missed last week of course because of the concussion so yeah i mean Stroud is doing is doing really good he's fantasy qb 13 in our redraft league and nico and tank Dell are both top 17 wide receivers tank Dell is wide receiver 10 right now so is that sustainable probably not but i mean 
he's doing pretty good right now. The connection is there for him, leading the team in targets, leading the team in route runs right now. So yeah, they really surprised me. Do you know who you could have said all that exact same thing about coming out of college? Who? Joe Burrow. I mean, yes, but then you're picking like the success cases with it because like I had the same concerns about fields and you saw that how well that panned out. So, But here's the thing. It seems like the... And I and I guess maybe this is biased because we talk about the successes more often. So Tua is also another example of he had amazing weapons to throw to at Alabama. He had Smith was probably the most notable. And he was successful in the NFL despite all his fault. I think I think the greater thing the greater point if you are selecting a fantasy quarterback is and they have successful targets because we're talking about the elite of the elite targets that stroud that burrow that Tua all throw to have thrown to is what you learn and and this might sound stupid this this is really might sound stupid but if they can throw to elite wide receivers in college, they can throw to elite wide receivers in the NFL. And a lot of the success stories eventually gets those elite wide receivers, and then they just pop off. So would I have faith if the Houston Texans eventually acquired an elite wide receiver? Like, it, let's, say they, let's say they got Marvin Harrison Jr. Yeah, I think they'd be fine. So that's that's kind of the the overarching point is if you have a history of throwing to great, you're going to continue to have a history of throwing to great generally. Yeah, I mean, you're you're Justin Fields, apparently. (laughs) Well, then I don't even know. I can't even say Justin Fields has great to throw to right now. So so I guess I guess maybe I, 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 I get what you're saying. But listen, what one of your main arguments against fields is he likes to lock onto one guy that's carryover from throwing to elite wide receivers so i mean yes it's bad but if you replace that wide receiver instead of darnell mooney it's justin jefferson is that really a problem I mean, I'm not sure that he even would throw to Justin Justin Jefferson right now because he probably would just, like, panic whenever the guy wasn't, like, completely wide open. But uh, we'll get to Fields eventually because we we have some things to discuss about him. But I would say that, like, it's okay when you go from throwing to great to throw to great. But we have seen, like, when you go to, from throwing to great, like, for example, Burrow was throwing to Jefferson and he was throwing to Chase at LSU. And then he went to the Bengals and he had, like, an old man, A.J. Green. And he had a rookie, I believe, wasn't he? Like, or a second-year player in T. Higgins? Rookie T. Higgins. They, they rookie T. Higgins? Yeah, okay. And, I mean, Burrow didn't look bad, but he didn't look as dynamic as he looks ever since they had uh, chase and wherever chase misses a game even now 
I think it's fair to say that it, there's there's a, a drop off in the offense. I mean, but that's I'm not my saying... point. When you're used to that, and you get used to the cadences of an elite wide receiver, that in and of itself is a skill set as a quarterback because. You could say you could just throw any quarterback out there and he'd be able to throw to Jamar Chase. Not at the same level, and that's the key difference. Because I don't think just a regular Joe Schmo quarterback gets like Tyreek or Waddle as involved. Like we were talking about about the Dolphins, about how bad Tua's deep ball looked when they first got Tyreek, and everything's fine now. So it's not something that Honestly, I'm concerned about, you know? But, like, the impressive thing here for me, and that's, like, my overarching point with with Stroud, is that I expected to drop off because the offensive line is worse, the wide receivers are worse, like, everything in the team is worse, and there's not really a drop-off, and he's doing it. He's not trying to chase. He's not trying to heal. He's not trying to waddle. He isn't even trying to De Higgins. He's trying to a Nico Collins, a, like, a very small tank tail. Uh, Robert Woods is completely like nothing at this point. He's dust. So and he's looking like good to okay doing it. I mean, he isn't looking like prime Burrow, prime Allen, prime Hurts, but he's looking good doing it. Good to okay doing it. So that's what impresses me in Stroud so far. So then, is it fair to say then, with that in mind, that what? C.J. Stroud has accomplished on the field as far as his performance and the way he has looked is more impressive than Anthony Richardson to this point. Because I think it is. Uh, Yeah, as I said before, I think it's fair to say that. But, I mean, you're comparing three full games of Stroud to one game and one quarter of Anthony Richardson. So that's a bit of an unfair comparison there, I'd say. It is, but Anthony Richardson got hurt because of the way Anthony Richardson plays. That is true, and to be <laughs> frank, no, I, I, mean... would, I would push back somewhat there because I think it's sort of a freaky concussion there because he was just running for the pylon. I guess you can say that he got hurt because he tries to run the ball more, but at that point, like, all you target in fantasy football are running QB, so are you just not going to target those? Are we just completely averting it and go, we just want the pocket passers now? So it wasn't really a play in which like he got hurt because he held the ball too long in the pocket. He got hurt because he was running for he was running for unnecessary yardage in the middle of the field because he's more of a rusher than a passer. No, I mean, he got hurt. Like Running in for a touchdown was like pretty short, I believe. It was a... It wasn't like a five-yard or anything, but it was relatively short, and he was just like extending for the ball, and he got, uh, I would say, sort of late hit. It wasn't a dirty hit or anything, but it wasn't it after he crossed the line. So I don't really think it is like play style, and it's mostly... I mean, if that hit, that hit probably happens thousands of times in the NFL. As long as you don't like snap your back, head backwards probably don't have much of an issue for a concussion if he lands on his on his shoulder for example it's probably fine because the 64244 so i think it's a freaky one and i as 
with the data that we have, I would say that it's fair to say that Stroud has looked like the best rookie QB. But I, I would say that it's an unfair comparison because you have one game in like 32 snaps, uh, 32% of the snaps or 32 snaps of Anthony Richardson in the second game. So I would expect him to look... I, I do think that by the end of the season, Richardson will be not only the better rookie QB overall for football in general, and he will also be the best rookie QB for fantasy as well but we shall see i mean we haven't seen much from either to be honest that is true this is the start of their rookie seasons yes to be fair so i guess we can all just agree that bryce isn't even in the conversation (laughs) right now no and he was my qb1 this class. It's just that probably will take a while for him to translate to fantasy. And that's kind of the weird thing about Bryce's situation because honestly I think of all the situations, Bryce got put in the best one. And I would say that Anthony Richardson got put in the best one. No. no. I mean, the offensive line is better for Anthony Richardson and he probably has better weapons right now because if you're looking at the Panthers' weapons, it's not great. I mean, it's Jonathan Mingo who's now hurt with the concussion as well. It's old man Adam Thielen. It's often injured DJ Shark. And it's your guy who's who's never doing anything in the NFL, apparently, but DJ uh, Terrence Marshall. So like, uh, the weapons aren't really there. Like, I would take Josh Downs over every single wide receiver that uh, the Panthers have right now, so... And that's the wide receiver two right now for the Colts. Well, so I I do think that they, from what I saw versus Seattle, they are probably just like keeping the reins in for Bryce, not trying to for him to do too much, and like they are opening up the offense for Andy Dalton. I would think that like as the season progresses, we see. Bryce do more and more and more, but at this point, like, they aren't really opening things up for him. So that's probably why he hasn't been super good for fantasy or will be at any time soon. I would expect it to change by, like... He needs more weapons. That's that's what I... Yeah. Yeah. I would expect it to change by, like, week 9, 10, like, halfway through the season. I would expect him to look much better. Than... I mean, one can always hope. Yeah. Hmm. Carolina just oh Carolina I guess we can now talk about I mean we introduced the topic of fields a bit ago but I guess we can now talk about players that we are probably concerned because we were just talking about offenses that aren't impressing now so players that we might be concerned at this point and now concerned are we and I mean, for me, it's it's Fields, <laughs> pretty clearly. Uh, he was drafted as first round pick in, in Superflex drafts. I drafted him in like, I believe it was the two hundred one or the one twelve. I had both picks, so one or the other. And my my expectation for him was to like rush the ball a ton, look pretty bad passing the ball. And then I would be able to trade him because he has a ton of fantasy points and there's a ton of suckers for him in in our league. 
So, yeah. I mean, he's he sure is sucking at passing. The rest, not so much. Yeah, it's been pretty rough for him as far as passing goes. And yet, he's QB 18. He's so. QB 18 looking that yeah. bad? Yeah. He hasn't had a single game in which he has scored under 11 points. Yes, one game of 15.5, one game of 16.74. Of course, this is our redraft league, but I don't really think there's anything here that it's different from regular leagues. And then he had 11.66 points in the last game. But yeah, I think it's mostly been by, by like those deep touch, deep touchdown passes that he's throwing. And then, I mean, last game, they just started running him to the ground until he got concussed. Or something. He's not on the concussion protocol, apparently, so probably he's fine. But yeah, very disappointing. Concussion protocol, so he's probably. Very disappointing. Not really what I expected them when I drafted them. I I'm not, I'm not a Fields fan by any stretch of imagination. But I didn't expect this bad, to be honest. How concerned are you though about Fields? Very. I don't know how much. I don't know how much longer it can be until. I don't know. I don't know how to explain. I don't. I don't know how long the leash is anymore. Do you think there's any chance he gets benched before week ten? Yeah. Wow. I mean. Yeah. One of my outtakes this season was that, like, after the bye, he would be benched. But, I mean, the bye is week 13, so I expected them to miss, like, the last five games in which, like, at that point they have seen what they needed from him and it's time to go. But, I mean, if that's week 10, I mean, that's a pretty short leash, to be honest. I remember the talks about, like, Justin Fields being the MVP, especially, like, in big media, that he had a chance to to be the MVP. And I just laughed, because how can someone who looked so bad throwing the ball last year would somehow be in the MVP conversation, like, out of nowhere? Because, yeah, they got Jim Moore. Oh, <laughs> it's rough. Jim, oh, man, yeah, let's not talk Oh, Ichimura is probably the the unluckiest player ever, because every probably. single time he, he looks like he's going to a better situation, it just ends up in a worse one. I mean that's fair, but at the same time, he like when Stafford was healthy, he didn't look the the greatest. That's that, when know, that's when just, who? Matthew Stafford. He was. Oh, that's oh, Alan he didn't Robinson. play. Yeah. That's Alan Robinson. <laughs> Never mind. Never mind. That, that's another Bus Bears receiver. That's another, yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. No, I mean, he has played with with Cam Newton. He has played with Darnold. He has played with Baker. That's a rough collection of dudes. That threw you the ball. Uh, and I mean, it just ends up finishing like. Last year, he finished wide receiver 22. The year prior, wide receiver 19. The year prior, wide receiver 20. The other one, wide receiver 18. So he's always like between 18 and 22. Mm -hmm. Uh, So the range isn't like massive. But I mean, right now he's wide receiver 41 and he probably looks 
looks I, I would think that there's actually no way he finishes a top 20 wide receiver but we shall see I mean he has this this ability of always finishing in that range but yeah in our league he was drafted in the sixth round there's, if I would look at the board right now there's probably not a single guy in that sixth round I wouldn't take over DJ Moore so Oh. And how concerned are you about Ramontre? I mean, Stevenson, he has been having... He's, bas- he's basically got, what, the same amount of touches as... Zeke I mean, that, this week. That, that can't continue. I mean, it didn't really happen in weeks prior. Sort of in week one, but he had more passing down work, I believe. But week two, he looks cleared of Zeke, and now Zeke... Apparently came back. It's like the ghost that won't go away. But here's the Betty. thing. It's the Patriots. And the Patriots are probably the hardest backfield to predict, like, ever. It's it's just bad. Yeah, and he still had, like, over 20 touches. Yeah, I believe it was... Yeah, he had 23 opportunities, 20 touches. This past week versus the Jets. I think it's actually a good buy low opportunity right now. Mm-hmm. I I tried to make a few trades for him in a few of my leagues. I tried to move like Lamar or Justin Herbert for him in, in the league that we were talking about before going on air. And I, I did make a trade in that league that I, we will talk about later. Okay. But yeah, I mean, I think it's probably a buy low. If not this week, I guess you can give it another week because then now they play Dallas. So it could be a tough matchup and could be like one of those things where he like underperforms again and then you're out of two bad weeks and you might get the owner to move him for relatively cheaper in the redraft. Yeah. Because like I don't expect like Zeke to continue getting all of these touches because he's pretty ineffective with them. He is. I mean, at this point, Zeke is just a goal line back this past week though i mean he did okay he had the 16 carries he averaged like five yards per carry in those but like the week prior he had five touches he averaged 2.6 the week prior four 4.14 yards per carry and seven touches so he's zeke right now he's a goal line back in my opinion and even that i believe he's splitting that with Ramondre. so i would expect Ramondre to I would buy low on him, basically, in every single league that I didn't have him, because I do believe in the targets, and I do believe in the work that he will have overall. I think Zeke will steal some of it, but I still think this is a Romandre's backfield, and I believe in the offense, mostly. So Mostly? <laughs> <laughs> For the most part, apart from the fact that they really should have gotten a better wide receiver one, because, like, Juju ain't it, but maybe they make a trade. I mean, they have I've heard some rumors there that maybe the Broncos guys might be available. Yeah, I mean, which Broncos guys? I believe, like, Judy's the one talked about the most. Why Judy? That's interesting. I think it's just, like, a contract thing. He's about to, to end his rookie deal, and he has been injured in camp, so I think, like, Sutton has the better reports with Russ right now. That's probably what you need. 
and you also already have one rookie wide receiver who who's leading every single player in yards per route run because like you're running him out there like 20 times at the best in in the offense and he's getting you like i don't know like 60 70 yards every single game right now uh, I, mean, I can actually like check on that because like marvin mims has been ridiculous i mean the dude barely runs any routes and he has like back-to-back games of over 70 yards in week two he ran five yards he ran five routes he had two targets 113 yards so i mean he's doing the most with the very little chance that he has and at some point like Sean Payton has to realize that like he's probably their best wide receiver, even above Sutton, because like I'm not the biggest Sutton fan. So probably play the dude. Yeah, Sutton Sutton seems like he catches that one touchdown and then that's it for him. He's 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 good. He's done. <laughs> like that's uh, yeah. that's how it feels. And he seems to be like he seems like he's having the best report to it first right now. I mean, he has he has like twenty three targets across the three games, and I believe he's probably the most targeted Broncos wide receiver right now. And I mean, he's not doing bad with those targets. I just think like uh, there's more explosive guys, like for example, Mims, that they could be targeting and probably have a better use for those targets. But yeah, I mean, is Russ's one right now? I I would stash Mims everywhere though because. It's it's now what the second or third consecutive season that we have heard the rumors about Judy or Sutton being moved, and I can't really imagine like Sean not playing the guy that he handpicked. Yeah, I don't know. It's kind of, but why? I don't know. Judy is such a good wide receiver, though. Why would you want to move him? I would say it's probably because they don't want to pay him. They're almost done with paying Sutton at this point. <laughs> so, <laughs> you probably don't want to do that again. Paying another... Uh, you say good, but good is not really what I think about whenever I think about Judy. I think he's like... Think he's a good wide receiver? I don't think he's like great. I think he's like a wide receiver. So I expected much more from him out of college. I mean... He had 100 targets last year. Was didn't have a great year, but nothing in the Broncos really clicked. Yeah, he's, he's hurt often. I mean, he was hurt in like the first two seasons that he played, I believe. He had, uh, or at least the second one. I'm not sure. I do remember he had something in 2020, didn't he? At least out of college or something. I don't think he missed any games, but I think like camp and so on, he had something there. And then like 2021. He missed a few games, and this year, I mean, he missed part of camp, and I believe he missed, like, week one uh, with an injury there. So, I would just, I would bet on Mims, and I would, it's like, do I think that Judy is a better wide receiver than Sutton? Probably. Would I, like, pay the amount of money that Judy is probably looking for? Or would I hope another team pays him that? I would probably hope another team pays him that because I don't think he would go for like a team-friendly deal like Sutton and Tim Patrick went for when they signed their extensions. I think he would he would be looking for more money and like 
the Christian Kirk type of deal, for example. And I don't think it's worth that type of money. So I think it makes sense. <laughs> I think it's worth Christian Kirk money. I just don't think the money is, is what it needs to be because the Christian Kirk contract is probably not great either. But yeah, I don't think it's like it should be a 20 million guy per year type of wide receiver. So yeah, I would just move off of him and keep Sutton because Sutton has a pretty like okay deal for the market. Yeah, that's true. And you can't really, I mean, you're already paying Sutton and you're already paying Tim Patrick who isn't playing. I don't really think you can sign Judy to an extension here. So I would just keep the contract who is almost running out with Sutton and just play Sutton and Mims, move off Judy. I mean, I could. It's to me, it's not like a talent thing; it's a numbers thing, and like the Russell yeah, Wilson contract will start hurting. So the Russell Wilson contract is already hurting. No it is, but it's it's only going to hurt more because I don't think they can get out of that contract. Like they can always get out of it, but like realistically, I don't think they can get out of it until twenty twenty five, if not mistaken. 2025. I believe that that's means, it, yeah. That means that they're stuck with them all of this season and all of next season, bare minimum. Yeah, I mean, this season they can move them. Next season, if they like cut them pre July, uh, pre June 1st, they are they take a minus 32 million that cap hit. Yeah, if they're if he's traded, if he's cut, it's minus forty nine million. So basically, like the cap hit right now for him next season is thirty five million. If he would if he were to be cut, the cap hit would be eighty five million. So there's no point in cutting him. You better like just roll with him. And if he's released or cut after June first, I mean the numbers aren't great either. I mean, like if he's traded after June first. You are saving you are saving roughly eighteen million in twenty twenty four, but then you're saving like five million in twenty twenty five. So you are taking a forty nine million that cap hit. So at that point that's that's not great. You are just injuring the team. That's like what roughly one fifth of the salary cap in nothing. At least you have the player here and he isn't playing bad. So realistically, the only time that they can get out of that contract is, I guess it's after the 2025 season, because like you can cut them in like June, prior to June 1st of 2025, and you save like 6 million. So there's not really a point in that either. The only realistic time that you can cut them and have like some savings, it's 2026, the 2026 off season. In which you would they would save like twenty seven million by cutting him, and they have the option like to split the dead cap hit if they move off of him after June first, because then you are saving like forty million, for example, if you move him, if you cut him prior uh, after June first. Jesus, dude. So yeah, <laughs> they are stuck with him until twenty twenty five. Probably until 2026. But before 2025, they can't cut him or anything. So at that point, you sort of like have to go with the the smaller contract guys. 
and it's not really a good investment to go with a Judy here, giving them like that big ass contract. And you can cut Sutton after this year. You can cut Sutton after this year for like you save like ten million of in that in cap space. So that's true. Yeah, I think like the move here is yeah. to is to move off Judy this like in season, then probably cut Tim Patrick in the off season, keep Sutton draft a wide receiver and then like either move Sutton in season when the the rookie wide receiver is more acclimated or just like cut cut Sutton the year after when the, the cap the, that cap is minimum and you have to establish wide receivers with memes and you whoever you draft next year that would be at least like my moves with the the GM add-on That's crazy. But yeah. yeah. Another Denver Bronco that we can probably talk about if you are like worried about him or not, but like Javante. Javante Williams, like the usage is there, he's getting the touches. Their touches are even ramping up now, but the production is dear. Yet. Yet. Is that like a product of the injury? The I wouldn't say the offense because like the offense is at least doing okay now. But is it like game plan? Is it like injury? How do you feel about it? I think it's injury and I think that the people who said that Devontae probably wouldn't be a hundred percent until like week twelve, week thirteen, they're probably close to right. Quite honestly. That would probably mean he's a sell in redraft for those who... 100%. Oh, okay. I never was a fan of drafting him. Hmm. I do have him in our redraft. I have have a pretty good roster of guys in my redraft. So I have Javante, I have Rashad White, and I have Ramondre Stevenson. So, hooray. And yeah, you can add, yeah. You can add on to them uh, with Jonathan Taylor. So if those <laughs> guys ever get right, that's pretty good. Poor guy. Uh, what do you make of the of the Dolphins running backs? They're amazing. <laughs> Would you like consider trading them though? Maybe in redraft or dynasty is the question. Uh, redraft, redraft. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Because I feel like this will be one of those backfields in in which, like, every single season, every single week, one different guy can go off, and then you're like stuck playing the guy who didn't went off, and you're like beating yourself up. So it might be one of those backfields in which, like, you might be better off selling. Mm-hmm. Off the hype, for example, like this is, this was in, in Dynasty, but I got an offer like right after him, he like popped off, in which I got offered Stefan Diggs for Devon A. Chain. I believe now he wants, uh, he wants his name to be pronounced, Aishan, Aishan, or Aish. I'm not sure. It's basically A slash Sean, with C H. 
So, hey, Sean, Devon, hey, Sean. Uh, I got offered Stefan Diggs for him, and I believe it was Jalen Hyatt. So, immediate smash for me. Because, like, I sort of like Devon, hey, Sean, but... I don't care. <laughs> I believe, like, there was a media note in press that he now wanted to be called Aishan. So that's why that's why I'm mentioning it. But it's pretty weird that like after one big game, <laughs> you just start to like send out notes to the media that now you want to be called a different name. It's like the artist former former formerly known or, or how did you how did yeah yeah that's it. So pretty weird, but yeah, that's that's something that came out to the media that he wanted to be addressed that way. But yeah, I immediately pulled the trigger there, even in in Dynasty, because like I like him as a prospect and as a player, but like I'm not sure if there will be many weeks in which I'm like okay starting him right now, especially like when Jeff Wilson is back. It's probably like someone that I'm okay selling right now. Yeah, you're okay like, selling Devon A chain. Yeah, in whichever format. In Him and Mostert. Or... Yeah. Yeah, because I just think like that backfield will always have too many too many mouths because they will be they want to run a few guys in there, mm-hmm. and I mean even when Mostert or Jeff Wilson are there, I still think they will they will pick up another guy and. We saw how invested they were in the in the running back market. None of them they didn't really get any of the of those guys, but they were in every single rumor for a running back this offseason. They were in for Dalvin Cook, Jonathan Taylor, they were in for Kareem Hunt, I believe, if not mistaken. They were in for Jacobs, I believe, when there was the contract dispute. So that doesn't really tell me that they love the running back room or they, they at least like want to add more onto it. So yeah, probably someone I'm fine selling off the hype right now in dynasty as well. I've seen some offers in which like a first or like two firsts or first and two seconds were offered there in dynasty. I mean, I'd probably snag those pretty quickly. I don't expect the guy to go for like 50 every single game. <laughs> you sure? You sure about that one? <laughs> I believe right now. Let me let me just make sure I have that correct. But I, I believe like pretty close to right. I believe right now he is yeah he's running back five on the se- on the season. Yeah. <laughs> and he didn't play the first game, and he had one point in the second one. So yeah. <laughs> A 50-point game will do that to you, and he's currently running back five. And Mostert, I believe, is running back one on the season. Yeah, he's running back one on the season. So that's when that's pressure there. Imagine if I told you that, like, throughout three weeks of fantasy football, the running back one wouldn't be Saquon or CMC or whoever. It would be Raheem Mostert. <laughs> so I wouldn't be that surprised just yet 
through a few weeks. But for some reason, he gets injured every year. So the, the injury is coming, unfortunately. I did think that as well, but I believe he only missed one game last year. He played all 16 games with Miami. Really? So he just missed. Yeah. Sound right. Yeah, it was. But I, <laughs> but I, w- I was surprised when I saw that as well. I believe he only missed one game. I'm not sure if it was by injury, but I, I think it was just one game. Played the rest of the season. But yeah, after that, I mean, he played one game with San Francisco in 2021. He played eight games in 2020 with San Francisco. You have to go back to 2019 for the last time that he played a full season. And he, I don't believe he had, like, the complete work rate that he has in, in other places and, like, the work, all of the work that he has in, for example, last season. He had, like, 137 touches in 2019 or 137 carries, to be exact. And last season, he had over 200 touches. Yeah, uh, 210 target, uh, touches, if not mistaken. And he really wasn't that injured. So maybe he's turning a corner. You you say that you don't believe in like injury-prone guys. What was the, like, I, I believe you once said to me, like, you're only injury-prone until you aren't. You're only injured until you aren't, yeah. And I believe that was for, I have no clue, but it was, oh, it was Rashad Penny. And he got hurt after like two weeks. Speaking of which, I'm surprised Rashad Penny hasn't gotten any touches in that Eagles backfield. He's probably just dust at this point. And I believe we talked about that in the offseason. Like closer to the end of it, I believe we mentioned that he, he was basically not getting many of the work and it was either he was completely out of the team plans and might be cuts, or that he was just so good that they wanted to save him. Apparently he's just not on the team plans right now. He's just, I'm not even sure if he was active for Monday night. And I don't think they had Boston Scott in that game. So if he isn't active there, there's probably nothing left in the tank for Penny. You're probably not wrong. You know who's the who's the who's a, a top three running back right now in PPR scoring? Who's that? Kenneth Walker. Kenneth Walker. Kenneth Walker is the running back three. Only behind Mostert and McCaffrey. That's interesting. Yeah. McCaffrey Kenneth makes Walker. sense. This is why you drafted Christian McCaffrey at the slot you did, which was a high. It was a top five pick, pick, probably. Yeah, top five pick. Yeah. So, that makes sense. That checks out. It's just, man. But yeah, Walker, top three running back. I liked him. I didn't expect this much. <laughs> but yeah, he looks great with the ball right now. I do wonder, like, I am the resident Kenneth Walker fan here. And like halfway through the game, through the Carolina game, to be frank, I was thinking like... <laughs> He should really have a good game here, so I maybe try and sell him in a few places. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's not like because I think that he's bad or that he isn't the main guy right now, but it's because like Charbonnet is 
getting somewhat involved in places in which like he previously wasn't being involved and like I don't think it will be a major issue but I would probably rather not take the chance and if I could get like top three running back value for for Walker I'm not sure if I wouldn't sell him but then like he had the massive game that he had and I was like, okay, no, I'll keep him. So I'm not <laughs> sure if that's wise, but that's what I'm doing right now. And I'm not ringing any sort of panic alarm or anything because I think that he will be fine and the offense will run through him. And he's like Charbonnet's just getting those like middle of the road type of touches, like middle of the drive, midway F, F to like... Halfway through the field, like, not really super important touches, but part of me is kind of thinking, like, I don't know, man. I think he might get involved here, and if any sort of injury happens, God forbids, I'm kind of like, hmm, let's hope things go well for me here, because I really don't want to sell him in any place that I have him, because part of it is because I know that I'll get plenty of crap about it, but Kenneth Walker? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, no. You're done you're done though, son, if that happens. Like Yeah. That that's paramount to admitting defeat. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, I'm keeping him, but for everyone listening, if you can get top three running back value, probably not the worst option. But yeah, I'm keeping him. Uh, it's probably just things in my head right now. And it will be fine all season. That's what I choose to believe right now. That's what you choose to believe right now. If Charbonnet is in ever in any waiver, you probably pick him up. Just, just saying. Don't say I didn't warn you. What? You saying you're concerned about your boy? I'm not concerned that he would be usurped for his role if everyone's healthy. I'm saying that Seattle has an injury history at running back for quite a while. Like, our guys tend to go down in season. Mm-hmm. And if it were to happen, then Charbonnet has a real chance. But then again, like, it can also happen to Charbonnet, so... Interesting. Yeah. I'm saying it's mostly that, and because, like, I'm actually like spilling way too much because I was planning planning on like shopping him around in a few places and a bunch of our league mates probably listen to this so I'm guessing I will be blackmailed if I <laughs> blackmailed no but like lowballed if I try to move him anywhere but like he also has like sort of a concerning injury history of groin injuries he did a, he did have one like in camp this year and I believe he had one last year as well. And I'm not sure if it was in college that he had some concerns there. But yeah, the groin tends to be a lingering injury. And now, even if it's okay now, it can pop back up again. So, And if that happens, I mean, whoever else is in the team gets a shot. I don't know, man. I don't. I think you need more confidence. You got, you got this. It's all good. Okay. Keep rolling. Keep rolling that Kenneth Walker train. It's all good. 
Okay. I will. I'm not going to move on anywhere. But I am kind of saying if you have the option to go Charbonnet ah! in, in like waivers and so on, just for insurance. Just, just for the insurance policy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I do want to mention like one of your guys though. Okay. So far, one of my guys. so far there's like five guys who have over 25 targets and haven't scored a single touchdown on the season. There's Safe Flowers, AJ Brown, Jamar Chase, Puka Nakua, and Chris Olave. Chris Olave has 33 targets so far and hasn't mm-hmm. scored a touchdown. And that was pretty close in like week two, if not mistaken. Where he basically like was tiptoeing the the sideline and like his foot barely touched the white, so the touchdown was called off. But yeah, Chris Olave right now, I believe he's wide receiver twelve, if not mistaken, in PPR. Yeah, he's wide receiver twelve. He hasn't had a single touchdown yet. Could this be like when the regression, the positive reg- touchdown regression, does come? Could this be the the season in which Olave goes off? Yes. I've been saying this is the Chris Olave is a wide receiver one right now without getting touchdowns. Like yes, do you know how impressive that is? Yeah, it's pretty impressive. I mean, Justin Jefferson was in the same boat uh, prior to this week in in which he got the touchdown. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's pretty impressive. So, yes, you bank on the positive touchdown regression happening. <laughs> It's, yeah. it's it's gonna happen and when it happens it's gonna be like whoa whoa what's happening here and this is gonna it's gonna be great do you think he finishes as a top five wide receiver he could Ooh, spicy so you're telling me that in in our dynasty league i'll have two top five wide receivers again spicy possibly We'll see. Okay. Oh, you know, you got Justin Jefferson. You got Justin yeah. Jefferson. I, was, I, I thought you were banking on uh, Marvin Harrison. No, you definitely could. Okay, so that means I might have three next year. No, I'm getting Marvin Harrison, my dude. I'm, oh. winning, that, I'm winning that race. Oh, you might have to sell Chase to do so. No, I won't have to sell Chase. Hold on. I'm going to offer a... A deal in real time. Who are you gonna offer? Just You'll see. Don't don't screw me out of the first set. Just offer it to me at least. No 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 no. <laughs> okay, so let me try and find out who you are offering. Okay, you're offering Pickens. Or Dobbs. There it is. Okay, Dobbs. I do think that like it's probably okay to sell Dobbs right now because he has had two pretty big weeks right now and one in which he didn't really do a whole lot and Watson coming back. I would expect the targets to go down quite a bit. Yes. Plus Jaden Reed is really showing out right now. So even in a vacuum it's probably nice to sell Dobbs. Long as you don't sell him to one of my main competitors, but you're probably gonna sell it to Justin or something. <laughs> <laughs> that would be 
At Twitch, I've been actually like thinking of. I don't think of... I could honestly. I don't. I think he's. He's put Diggs. He's put Mahomes. He's put Najee. And he's put Dalvin on the block. Like. I've been thinking about this for quite a while, ever since he put like all of those guys on the block. Like, there's a point in which, like, if I hadn't drafted Anthony Richardson, I might have just sent him his pick back for, like, something crazy, like Mahomes and Diggs and, like, just throw him a random guy. Why don't you, for... why don't you do that now? <laughs> because I have Richardson now. And I don't. I would have too many guys to start because then, like, in every any given week, I am going to bench. Like, for like, for example, if I trade just for digs alone, then I'm starting Richardson. I'm starting James Cook. I'm starting Kenneth Walker. Jefferson, Olave, DK, or Diggs, I guess, in this spot. Then DK in one of the flexes. And then, I mean, for the other flex, it's between Henry, it's between Lockett, it's between Montgomery, it's between Jaden Reed, it's between Kendry Miller, Christian Watson, <laughs> eventually Marvin Mims. I mean, I don't want to have the headache to do all that every single week, to be honest. This guy. I so, don't want the headache. I, it is true, though. Like, I, I've been punished in this league quite a bit because, like, I start the wrong guy often. So, like, the least amount of, like, decisions I have to make, the better. Because, like, right now, like, my only decision is between, like, realistically, is between, like, Lockett, Montgomery, and Watson when he's back healthy. And I'm probably always pushing against starting Lockett because I'm already starting Walker and DK, which is probably a reason as to why I should move Metcalf or Lockett. So realistically, like for the last flex option is Montgomery or Watson. And if I fail, I guess like it's like, it's my call and it was between two guys and if I have to fail making a decision between like five or six guys it's probably not worth it for me i rather just have like my lottery ticket that has like 50-50 odds to win the lottery it's a pretty good ticket yeah that is a pretty good ticket plus you would never trade for with me so why not <laughs> because it's Justin true <laughs> I think I think if I like gave him I don't know if I gave him Chase for like Naji he probably doesn't take it just out of pride. If you gave him Chase, stop it. <laughs> I don't think it's like too out there that he he would never trade with me no matter the scenario. So I don't know about that. I think he would. But yeah, I mean, uh, we were talking about this since now we're in the topic of trades. We were talking about this, and this is a very loose episode. Honestly, this is why I like the format changes, because like we aren't 
constricted to talk about the same thing over and over. And I, and I love this. This is this is good. No, this is good. It's not always going to be this, but the fact that we can have it be like this is good. Yeah, and I mean, it's part of like, it's not like, for example, we are talking about our cases in our leagues, but it's I think it's something that everyone can relate and like you can probably find solutions to trades you're thinking about making or moves overall you're trying to make in either Dynasty or Redraft. And we are talking about like trades that we are doing and how we are thinking about those. So like giving that insight and so on, it's like personal to us, but it's, I think it's something that can be relatable to the audience as well. So Yeah. Oh, sure. We were talking about this trade and... I really want to to have like your full thoughts on it, but it's like okay. it's it's the the trade that I made in one of the streamers league, and yeah, I'm one and two right now. Bad beat in one of the the games. Like week one was a bad beat that I lost. Week three, I mean, could have done better. I mean, if I started like Hollywood Brown instead of Dotson, I win the week, but I didn't. I mean, again, too many decisions. And I ended up like trading Lamar Jackson and Damian Pierce for Travis Etienne. Like Pierce was my running back too. And Lamar was my bench QB, which I don't really think it's hey, it's helpful to have in a one QB again? league. What? Garrett Wilson? No, no, no. I traded Damian Pierce and Lamar Damian Jackson. Pierce. Lamar Jackson. Okay, yeah. Okay, okay yeah. Jackson for Travis Etienne and Lamar was my bench QB or like a rotation between him and Herbert and it's one of those scenarios in which like you have to decide between the two every single week and I think I have decided wrong both weeks not by like uh, all three weeks no all two weeks because I acquired Lamar in week two and it's not like any of them cost me my week because the difference was marginal. It was like 0.3, 0.4 points. But like having to make the decision and having to use a roster spot and a backup QB is never ideal for like redraft 1QB, 12-team leagues. Because like there's waivers. There's a bunch of guys on waivers that are usable at QB. Like Pickett, Wilson, Stafford, like Mayfield now, Sam Owl. Winston, I believe Carr is available. Yeah, Carr is available. So I traded all those two pieces for ETN. And I mean, right now I'm starting Herbert, I'm starting Gibbs, I'm starting ETN, CDN, Amon Ra, then I'm starting Goddard. Then my flex is DK, and then one of like Hollywood, Roshan, Gus Edwards, or Josh Downs, I guess. So, like, the flex is still, like, wide open. I want to change that. But do you think the team is better or worse? I think if you look at it from an objective standpoint, it's worse. But at the same time, the freedom, because you weren't starting Lamar anyway, or when you were, you were overthinking it. I think the freedom that... Trading that allows you because now you can just start your quarterback during his bye week. You can stream the flex or stream the flex, stream the replacement and then cut it back. And your lineup is set. 
no matter what happens, if Lamar fails, if Lamar succeeds, you're rolling with it. So, or not Lamar, but Herbert. you get what I'm saying. Yeah. Herbert. If Herbert succeeds or fails, you're rolling with it. And that's kind of the free – and that in and of itself is probably going to win you, Morgan. Yeah. And it also, like, empties me one bench, bench spot, which I really needed because uh, for two weeks I've been struggling with waivers and I've missed on a few guys that I wanted to have because I didn't have, like, that extra roster spot on my team. So, yeah. The next step is probably, like – Looking to towards a package that allows me to get a stronger flex than Hollywood, and I'm banking on like Hollywood having at least one more good week because he has back-to-back weeks of 17 points, so that I then can move him. But people aren't really keen on Hollywood. I believe he was even dropped in waivers, which I thought it was kind of weird after week one. That's crazy. Yeah, I picked him up from waivers. And I mean, he had back-to-back weeks of 17 points. But it's like, it's the Niners now. So, kind of a tough decision here for Flex. Mm-hmm. But yeah, overall, I think like ETN is the much better running back over Pierce. And not only that, he's also like more movable. Because I think he has more appeal than a guy like Pierce overall. That's just fair. I don't. I just don't know how I would. I don't know. Travis Etienne is very hit or miss, which is quite sad to say. But at the same time, I could see it because right now the Jacksonville Jaguars are down pretty bad, so they're gonna they're gonna be. I I don't think they've regressed to the point where they're gonna be tragic. I think they'll be just fine. Yeah. And, like, it's still, like, running back 10 on the season. His biggest downside right now is that Tank Bigsby will always steal the, the goal line stuff. Yeah. So, at that point, it's kind of, like, infuriating to, like, if the dude is doing is doing well and so on. Uh, like, Tank will probably, like, take quite a bit of the work away from from ETN especially like at the goal line I believe he has been taking most of it right now mm-hmm. so yeah that's kind of like he's stopping him from really achieving the full potential potential that he has yeah for sure yeah and so, I think I don't know it's it's but at the same time, you know, ETN is still going to get used. It's not like... Yeah, and I mean, he's being involved in the passing game. He has like two games with five targets so far. So, mm-hmm. he's being, invo- being involved more in the passing game than last year, I believe. So, it's at least doing better. And it's it's going to be better than Damien Pierce, who is... To be honest, like Pierce was someone you know that I liked in Dynasty last year uh, as a rookie, but I mean I I always thought of him more like a Michael Carter than a long term option because the hit rate on like day three running backs after year one isn't great even if they perform year one. 
So it's always something that you want to sell eye on is when those day three running backs perform. Like, for example, Algier performed really well as well. And then they drafted Bijan. Now Pierce performed really well as well. Uh, like, for the team that he was in. But now you're seeing and they are splitting the work. They are not giving him the full backfield. They are splitting the work with Singletary and Ogobuale. So, yeah, it's not a great fantasy option right now. And, yeah, I did sell him. I believe I sold him every single place I had him, except for the Manning League, if I'm not mistaken. That's the only one where I wasn't able to. Mm-hmm. And I'm hoping for him to, to get better. And he's, like, okay there because he's still getting carries. And carries are worth, like, 0.25 in that league. Oh, yeah, it's a different format. <laughs> That's yeah. Great. I do believe we... Oh, no, it's not in that one. Because I thought we played in some league this week. But apparently not. Oh, we play, we play, we play. We play in the Star Wars League this week. Yeah, I don't want to talk about the Star Wars League right now. <laughs> Your own three. I thought you had won a game. But you haven't. Your own three. Yeah. It's oh, and that's that's the league where you went all in last year. That is the league I went all in. Oh, okay. Okay, but now you get your starting QEs back. Is Jonathan Taylor back? No, he is not. But yeah. I mean, you. Oh, you're making the changes now. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, you get Justin Fields back. Yeah. And Joe Burrow is and Joe still Burrow. Yeah, and I mean Justin Fields is still not good, so you're starting two good guys there. Give the stack a go. Start Claypool. I'm, I'm at least listen, I'm at least projected to win. That you that's, are. That, that's that's. Oh, okay. I know why you're projected to win. I would guess you're no longer projected to win, or at least not by as much. Oh, I have someone that shouldn't be here. Okay, uh, so. You got Jameer Gibbs? Oh, Ford? Garrett. Wilson and Alave. I think I'd rather have your team. <laughs> and that's the rebuilding team. Yeah. Oh, and you got Jalen Reed on the taxi squad. I would rather have your team. And JSN as well. I have a bunch of good, good, like good young guys in this team. I have Reed. I have Sky still. I have Burks. I have Dotson. I have Jackson Smith and Chico. Elijah Moore. I just like have no running backs. Hmm. That's crazy. Okay, so who's projected to win now? You are still projected to win. Yeah. Oh, because this isn't swapping me out Andy Dalton. I love how we are just like setting up rosters middle of the show because we want to see his projected to win here. Because I want to beat you. I'm going to beat you. Okay. So, okay, now it's 52 to 48. Okay, we're close. Going to beat you. We shall see. I have like rookie tight end one Sam Laporta. 
you say rookie tight end Sam Laporta? Yeah, I mean, he's currently tight end two on the season, so. That's rough. That's pretty rough, man. Okay, I'm not sure if there's anything else that you want to talk about here in this episode. No, we, went, we went with a very loose fantasy type of show where we just like addressed a few things that we were concerned, a few things that we are impressed, and the first like addressed some of the random fantasy points that are happening in our day-to-day life of playing fantasy football. So, What's the meaning of life? <laughs> Angelo is getting philosophical right now. Yeah. Yeah, I am. Uh, yes, so what do you think? What do you think is the most or single most important thing if you are a fantasy owner, whether it's redraft or dynasty? I would think like for uh, for me, Actually, it's because because both have like different mindsets attached. So let, let's do both. Yeah, to me, it's just basically like always trying to get ahead of the curve in every single thing. I'm, I like for Dynasty, I have changed my ways a bit, but not for running backs. Like for example, for wide receivers, I usually like to in every single player, I like to sell them like right at their peak when I think and it's like one year prior type of thing I don't for example a guy like Diggs for me I'm selling too late if I have him now because no one is giving you the peak value that you you had in years prior and for example now running backs I would try to sell them much much sooner and now I'm like I'm at a point in which I'm like okay holding on to the running back if they're past the age apex so for example if i and i'm i'm more willing to sell a guy after his rookie year for example like a bijan if bijan dominates and he's close to running back one he's like a top five running back or whatever i would sell him every single place i have him but this is like 21 or 22 year old Bijan if it was a similar situation but with a 25 year old Bijan I don't think you would you would get as much value as you would right now so in that scenario I would just like keep hold of him so that's why I I changed quite a bit my strategy in the in our dynasty league and I went for guys like Derrick Henry I bought guys like David Montgomery for example which are those more like older type of running backs who don't weren't as, as valuable right now. But they will still give you fantasy points and they will still produce. So that's what you need. And especially like for depth, I don't expect them to be my, my two main guys or like my main guys for, I don't know, like the next two to three years. But I expect them to give me depth and give me more than the picks that I paid for them, if that makes sense, or the the value that I paid for them. Because I think like those guys are undervalued and we should look at the, the running backs more as we do for redraft. And I think I've made that point in the show before. But yeah, like I would sell youth when it's like really, really young. 
I wouldn't try to hold on to those guys because the value hit that you take if they are injured is too risky. This is for running backs, like run uh, wide receivers last longer, and like even if they get injured, it's easier to move them. And I would buy like pretty low on the the vet running backs that no one wants and that they think it's like meh type of running backs. I would buy of, uh, all of those basically. I've done that with Henry. I've done that with Montgomery. I'd probably do it with like a Kamara right now, for example. It's guys that like the perceived value is really low, but they will get you fantasy points and they will get you wins. And it's the big, the best bang for your buck if you're like constantly chasing the Shamir Gibbs, the Kenneth Walkers, the Brisols. Like you are paying an arm and a leg for those and like any single injury will set you back massively. Well, for example, like an injury right now to, I don't know, to a Montgomery, like it happened. It's not really doing much to me because I didn't invest a whole lot on him. He's just sitting on the bench right now. I have other pieces that I can play instead of him. And when he's back, he will offer me the depth that I need and offer me like pieces that I can move in the season when the players are worth more. So that's my overall like mindset when I'm playing Dynasty. It's like full on value. But it's not only value when selling, it's value when buying. Especially like those used up, beat up. You're basically like like that used, beat up car that is probably pretty reliable and will get you where you need to go. Instead of buying like that, that new Porsche or something that will get you where you want to go. But it's pretty expensive and if it breaks down, you're pretty hurt there. So... I have a new 2023 car in my driveway right now, so this is relevant. Um, <laughs> um, hmm. That's interesting. How do you get out of a... Re- so how do you rebuild? Do you agree with the four-year way I have gone about rebuilding? And what can you give for people who want to rebuild in Dynasty who haven't done it before? I think the way you did it, it's probably too extreme because you completely <laughs> tear things down. And I mean, it has worked in a few leagues. For example, like in the the 32-team league, Corey did something similar and he completely tear down the team to the bare bones and he had basically nothing for a few yep. years. But he managed to like... And for example, if I've talked about his team prior during the offseason and so on, and I didn't expect it to be as good as it's going right now. But he managed to get the pieces and he, he didn't like completely destroy every single thing. He still managed to hang on to a few pieces like here that. and there. Yeah, but like you went like completely extreme. You were starting nobodies for like two to three seasons. And now you're finally getting like your feet like set. But it's it's like it's like I always say, like if you go as hardcore as you went, you basically have to hit every single pick that you make in order for it to be an even remotely short rebuild. And it didn't it didn't pan out for you because you drafted, for example, Etienne in one of your first drafts. Then you drafted Breeze, and those guys took value hits in their in their rookie years. Now, Brees was, like, so massive and such a big name and, like, no, everyone was on board that he would be the guy. 
that his value didn't really decrease that much. I'm not sure where he stands right now after two bad weeks. But like after like the big oh, week oh, one that he had, there. the big week one that he had, I believe it was like running back two in according to Keep Trade Ooh. Cut. Um, Breeze, Breeze. You're talking about Bijan? No, I'm talking about Breeze. I'm saying that basically oh, like you did it so extreme that you had to get every single pick right. And you I had... I, had to get every pick right. I, I think you do, because like... I definitely didn't get every pick You right didn't, you didn't, still... yeah. And that's, and that's why it's taking you longer than it should, and it made you have to like kick the can down the road a few more years, because like, for example, this past draft... You not only like didn't do a whole lot of research on the class, but you like you were at a point where even with the picks that you had, it wasn't really, it wasn't realistic that if you had hit that old draft, you would be like in a great shape, and that made so you like push question. it back a few like a year further, basically. It pushed me back multiple years. But here's my question for you because I wrestle with this thought every day would you rather have in my situation um jackson smith and jigma dalton kincaid or would you rather have um george pickens and two future firsts because that's I, basically what that trade was i'm not like the biggest pickens fan so I probably would say Jackson Smith and Jigba, but I think like the Dalton Kincaid pick was wrong. He probably should have taken Zay Flowers. So at that point, I would say Jackson Smith and Jigba or Zay Flowers and Zay Flowers or uh, Pickens. And it's looking, where are the, the first looking to be? I mean, I think one of them is Luke's, which I don't think will be like a top eight pick at this point. I think it might. And the, he's, do you he's, think so? He's really hard to gauge. He'll have a week where he drops 130, and then he'll go next week and drop 80. It's really hard to gauge where he's going to end up. Because he has, like, a few volatile players. Plus, like, one... Yeah, he has, like... He also has the... Um, like, he hit the lottery, basically, with Puka, which is yeah. probably oh, oh, something yeah. you weren't expecting. No, no, him getting not. a starter in the third round. So, and the other one is who is it? Is it from the other Alex? Yeah, no. Well, Kyron, Kyron Williams. No, no. I'm saying like the the other first that you have. Oh, for this coming class. Yeah, it's from the other Alex. I have. It? Yeah, I have Luke's. I have Alex's, and I have Austin's. Okay. Yeah. So. Austin, I believe Austin is zero and three, but I mean in terms of points and so on, he isn't like terrible. So, I uh, yeah, that's probably a top five to top six pick. Then Alex is probably like a bottom yeah, four pick. Yeah. yeah. And then Luke is probably like I would say at this point it's an eight to ten range pick. So you got I believe it was Alex's and Luke's. So at that point is. Pickens, a pick between 8 and 10, and a pick between 12 to 16. I mean, next year's class is not too bad, but I still think I'd probably have the shirting in Smith and Jigwa and Zay Flowers you know, on the team instead of those two. 
that's fair. Because like that's also like Smith and Jigba is probably a piece that you want in your situation because he is a, a pretty good asset to have because he's not getting you a lot of points. But he's yeah. still retaining value because I mean I can look at keep trade cut right now. He's still wide receiver fifteen and he hasn't done anything. He's like wide receiver two of this class right now. Addison has passed him as the wide receiver one for the class. But, yeah, I mean, it's probably the asset that you want to have. For example, I think that if we input the trade here real quick, I think we will get, like, a similar answer here. But Pickens, which is wide receiver 24 right now, and Jackson's Minanjigwe is wide receiver 15, and then Zay's wide receiver 17. Then you trade it for a 2024 first. Another. Yeah, it says that is a fair trade right now on Keep Trade Cut. That's fair. Jordan Addison, let's talk about how surprising that is. Because I don't think anyone who was evaluating the draft went in with the expectation that the Vikings would run it like 10 times a game and pass it like 60 times a game. So I think if people had that hindsight in there, they would have been drafting Addison Reed, probably even higher than JSN. <laughs> so Yeah. I mean, like pre-combine, Addison was was talked about as top two wide receiver in this class. I believe he yeah. was only behind Jackson Smith and Jiwa. And yeah, after yeah. the combine, like the size concerns and all that came, and he, will, he also wasn't one of the most agile guys, especially like for his size. He wasn't really all that agile. So it dropped even further. And like you have Johnston, who for any analytics darling, is probably pretty good because he's, he's tall, he isn't super fast, but he's fast enough for the size that he has and then you have like say flowers is a slot master and like he's one of those small school type of guys who like dynasty like analysts usually love and then yeah jackson was the like the clear 101 before and after the combine but i i always defended that addison would probably be the most like usable wide receiver from this draft class in year one because i i expected them to get a bunch of those steal and targets and i and i expected it to be a high volume pass offense not because they wouldn't be able to run but because <laughs> the defense wasn't really great so i expected them to be able to run more than they are but i i didn't expect the, the defense to be as bad as they are so it evened out at the end so yeah, I mean, he's currently wide receiver 13. He's getting a ton of work. He's running more rounds as the day goes on. His, his right involvement is, is really jumping. I believe he's only behind, like, very little behind Osborne right now in terms of usage. So he's in the 88% when in, like, week one he was in the 70s in terms of, like, how he, how much he was used in the field, basically. How many snaps he had, and so and how many runs he how, how many routes he ran, and yeah, I mean right now he's wide receiver thirteen. The guys above him, I mean you have T Higgins who is wide receiver twelve, yeah. and you have, I mean I don't know like there's a bunch of guys above him 
that I could see like starting to fall down a bit. I, I, I don't think it's crazy to say like Edison will be a top 10 guy before the season is over as terms of like rookie, uh, in terms of like dynasty wide receivers. Oh no, he's, he's bound for that, I think. So, hmm. I think I'm, I think I'm good ending it there. That was a good discussion to end the, uh, and the last segment on. Yeah, I think I'm fine as well. I like where we are. Yeah, me too. I think we need to have a little bit more of a structure for some. I think I think a topic would be nice, but then again, I yeah. have to think of a topic. But regardless, if you've gotten this far, thank you so much for listening. We have a bunch of different ways to support us, whether it be subscribing on YouTube. There's now a fancy donate button. And yeah, you do your thing, Alex. Go ahead, say it. I got a little bit more to say at the end, but good. Yeah, I mean, guys, thank you for listening in whichever like platform you're listening right now. Uh, podcasts, uh, Spotify, just leave us a five star review. Leave us a, a like a comment as well in there, uh, just so that we can read. If you're if you're in on YouTube, just be sure to subscribe, turn on notifications, leave a comment as well to what you're liking on the show and so on. And yeah, thank you for all the support. We keep loving this. Uh, we keep loving doing this for you guys. This is like 11 p.m. here, so brain is starting to go off. Good. You <laughs> and, must really enjoy doing this because you do this twice a week. Yeah, twice a week, over two hours. <laughs> yeah. And very little sleep here, but yeah. Hey, thank you for, hey, I'll for let listening. You get to sleep last. I let you get sleep last night, okay? Yeah, yeah, true. I did have my, my like weekly good hours of sleep that it's probably ending tomorrow because tomorrow it's Thursday night football and I'm just going to stay up for that. And. And my schedule goes bananas again. So, but yeah, thank you for listening, guys, and thank you like for leaving all those reviews and so on, and just keep doing that. That really helps the show, helps us more than you can think. And yeah, <laughs> that's my plug for the episode every single week. Let's every go. single episode. You'll see us again. Well, not us, but you'll see me again. Thank you guys so much. You guys have a great one. Have a good one. Bye.